I'm not in the best frame of mind to record this episode, but the podcast must go on. I'm angry about something, and I finally reached my boiling point, and I need to talk about it with anyone that will listen. So, you know this podcast covers Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports, and it's done that since July 2017. I am upset about local sports radio in Dayton. It's not about Cincinnati because every time I listen to sports radio in Cincinnati, it's about something in Cincinnati. Whether I'm going to a football game and I listen to the local hosts talk about, you know, Cincinnati sports, or where I'm driving home from the game listening to the Tri State football uh, scoreboard show. They do a fantastic job. It's nice to hear something about Cincinnati. In Dayton, we don't have that. So. This kind of got underway some last week ago, I believe, where the Outdoor Connection, which if you didn't know, was a show on 980 talking about hunting and fishing and wildlife and everything like that. That's no longer on radio, apparently. It's moved over to Dayton Daily News in written form. So, outside Dayton Dragons Baseball, there's nothing local on 980. And, uh... For a sports station, that's uh, I don't like that one bit. How can you say you're Dayton sports station when you don't even talk about anything Dayton? It's just national sports talk hosts, just you know, continuing to talk about most time nothing remotely about sports. And you know the times that they do, then they're talking about you know the NBA and. NFL when it's in season, which it's fine. I get that. I'm not bashing national sports radio. What I'm bashing about here is why isn't there anything local in our local sports market? You know? And the one show on that sports talk show with a local guest, it's uh, it doesn't really talk about Dayton that much. In fact, I've been disappointed the fact that I've heard virtually nothing about high school football. And most of the time I, you know, change the station within about a minute. Just because, you know, it's often about Ohio State or the Cleveland Browns or bashing the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, that's just... No, I, I get it. Those are your teams. But, you know, how about you talk about local sports once in a while? So... I look on my uh, hosting page and I look and see that, uh, well, yes, my average listeners are up. Uh, past week or so, I've had about uh, maybe two listeners. Yeah, I uh, that made me angry. It's just, look, I, I'll be honest. I I've been. I've been feeling overwhelmed, angry, anxious, and pretty much all colors of the non-happy rainbow for quite some time. The coronavirus quarantine certainly doesn't help matters. But I'm... Where is local sports radio gone? And you know what, listeners? We need to get it back. And I think I'm the right man for the job. So... 
If you have any connections on, you know, 980 WONE or 1410 Wing, you know, email people and let them know that, you know, we need local sports back. And I know what you're going to say as a counter rebuttal, but, uh, you know, we have a great high school sports scene in Dayton, Ohio. And yes, there's, you know, no Dayton Flyers or Wright State Raiders or any colleges going on around the area, with the exception of uh, Indiana University East. Their women's soccer team got their season underway, and volleyball started about last week. But, yeah, I mean, with high school football, with the whole picture of, hey, everyone that didn't opt out of the playoffs are in the playoffs, and for a lot of teams, that's their first trip to the playoffs. Like in Cincinnati, uh, Hughes, Hughes and the Big Red, that's their first trip to the playoffs. I know from my hometown, Twin Valley South, it'll be their second time in the playoffs, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we reach uh, high school football scores, because yes, we will have a normal episode, I promise. I'm just, uh, I just need to get this off my chest. I, I've been doing this podcast for over three years now, and this is the fourth year that I've been doing said podcast, and, you know, it's time to embrace that there is local sports going on somewhere, and I I wish that people would, you know, give this podcast a shot and subscribe and everything, so... You know, reach out to your local sports stations and let them know that local needs to be back on the map. And, you know, listen to this podcast. If, if I don't get into local stations, that's fine. I've have, I haven't gotten into local stations for over 10 years now since graduating, but uh, we won't talk about that. What I'm saying is, for a great sports market like Dayton, we need to have a local sports show that talks about Dayton. So that's what's been bugging me. And if you could let people know that, you know, this podcast exists, that would be fantastic because, you know, I appreciate the listeners and people that tune in. So, you know, either contact your sports stations in town, let them know that local sports needs to be back on the menu, or let people know that this podcast exists. Thank you. And I think that'll do it for getting that off my chest. And we will go ahead and go on to local football scores in Dayton, Cincinnati, Columbus, East Central and Southeastern Indiana, and Northern Kentucky. And no, this voice isn't, uh, it's not for, you know, the angry, you know, ness of the previous rant. But it's just, you know, I don't feel well either. So there's that. But um, thank you for listening to my rant. I don't like using this podcast as a puff piece. Like, well, today I had a piece of toast and, you know, that type of stuff. I don't like that in podcasts. And to me, who cares? So that's why I stick with local sports. So it's been a very exciting week as we enter week six. Week 5 has a lot of uh, great results, but we do have 
playoff brackets to talk about, and we will talk about that in a little bit. But first, we'll start with Week 5 scores in Southwest Ohio, and we'll begin with the Cross County Conference, and Twin Valley South Falls to Fort Loramie, homecoming week, and West Alex, 64-0 Redskins. And for the Ever Panthers up the road on 503, the Tri-County North Panthers fall to Covington, 26-0. Tri-Village shuts out Mississippi Valley, 58-0. With Fort Loramie and Tri-Village's wins, they will be playing for the CCC title. Both teams are 5-0. You know, talking about Tri-Village, not to take anything away from Fort Loramie, but considering that it started only a couple years ago, Tri-Village's football squad, it's amazing how the Patriots have really you know, turn around. And, well, I, I shouldn't even say turn around. That's not the right phrase. Just how quickly success has built up in New Madison. So, definitely, that'll be a fun matchup to see Fort Loramie and Tri-Village in Week 6 for the CCC regular season title. Arcanum defeats Bradford 62-12. to And Sonia National Trail was postponed because National Trail had a big heaping Spoonful of COVID-19. In fact, it shut down National Trail. And Bethel defeats Miami East 28-19. We move on to the Southwest Buckeye League as Eaton shuts out Franklin 7-0. Middletown Madison shuts out Northridge 13-0. Valley View defeats Milton Union 57-14 to snap a two-game losing streak. Preble Shawnee defeats Dixie 42-14. Both those schools will be making the way to the Western Ohio Athletic Conference next year. Bellbrook defeats Brookville 42-21. Oakwood takes one away from Monroe 23-21. And Waynesville 28, Carlisle 6. Onwards to the Miami Valley League. Back from their COVID suspension, West Carrollton and Fairborn did play. However, the Pirates fell to Sydney 32-20, and the Skyhawks fell to Stebbins 29-21. Piqua, they're now 5-0. The Indians defeat Tippecanoe 28-3. Troy hands Greenville their fifth loss on the year by a 42-6 margin, and Xenia 17, Vandalia Butler 12. To the Greater Western Ohio Conference, a shootout in Ohio's Star City at Miamisburg Falls and OT to Northmont. 40-34, and if you don't know that storyline, it's Lance Schneider getting his first look at the... Oh, I shouldn't say that. He's been there for a couple years now. Second or third year, at least, at Miamisburg, but he's looking at his former school in Northmont. Thunderbolts win in an OT. Wayne defeats Fairmont 31-24. Springfield shuts out Springboro 41-0, and Centerville rolls over Beaver Creek 49-10. Up to the Central Buckeye Conference, we have North Union taking down Urbana 50-7, Jonathan Alder defeating Springfield Shawnee 38-31, Tecumseh 28, Kenton Ridge 10, Graham 5-0 on the year, and they survive an OT against Indian Lake 28-27. Great year for Graham. Benjamin Logan takes down Northwestern 47-14, and London 50, Bell Fountain 14. To the Ohio Heritage Conference, West Liberty Salem staves off Northeastern in two overtimes, 41-40. West Jefferson Downs Triad, 26-14. Greenview, 41. Madison Plains, 14. Greenan, 42. Southeastern, 0. The Knights are having a great year in Greenan. 
Mechanicsburg 62, Fairbanks 14, and Cedarville 36, Springfield Catholic Central 14. We move on towards the Lima area and the Northwest Central Conference. We had a game postponed thanks to the coronavirus. Lima Catholic versus Waynesville-Goshen. They did not play. I believe the COVID issue was on Waynesville-Goshen. Not entirely sure, though. But we do have Lima Perry winning their fifth game by defeating Hardin Norvin, 66-13. Riverside rolls over Upper Scioto Valley, 46-0. Marion Elgin defeats Ridgedale, 52-21. And Ridgemont edges out Crestline, 36-35. To the Western Buckeye League, St. Mary's, a field goal better over Lima Shawnee, 10-7. Ottawa Glandorf knocks off Van Wart, 35-34. I believe that's the first loss for Van Vert on the season. Salina 28, Lima Bath 21, Wapakoneta 21, Kenton 20, and Elida 16, Defiance 6. And to the Midwest Athletic Conference, we go as Coldwater rolls over Delphos St. John's 57-13. Two shout-out victories in a row. Marion Local defeats Minster 28-0, and incidentally, Marion Local won last week 28 to nothing. St. Henry 29, Parkway 0. Versailles 49, Fort Recovery 28. And New Bremen 38, Anna 7. Heading back down to the Dayton area for Dayton City League action. Belmont defeats Ponix Tech 56 to 12. Trotwood Mass enrolls over Thurgood Marshall 38 to 8. In the Thursday night affair, Dunbar goes to 2 0 on the year by shutting out Meadowdale 60 to nothing. We move on to the Cincinnati Metro Athletic Conference. I mentioned Hughes. They will make the playoffs for the first time ever in school history. They took down Woodward on a Saturday afternoon, 42 to nothing. Schroeder shuts out Gambro Montessori, 28 nothing. Taft defeats Western Hills, 36 nothing. Withrow, 59, Aiken, 0. And Clark Montessori, 50, Riverview East Academy, 8. And now... Between Cincinnati and Dayton, it's the Greater Catholic League as Alter Hands McNicholas, their first loss in the year. Knights 28, Rockets 7. Hamilton Baton goes to 5-0 on the year by defeating Carroll 34-0. Shamanah Julian defeats Fenwick 41-19. And St. Xavier 43, Mulder 14. We have the Elder score later as they took on Indianapolis Cathedral, but now to the Cincinnati Hills League. Wyoming 63, Finneytown 7. Shelby Dermer shared, I believe he wrote it, but he shared on social media an article about how Wyoming has done so well in the regular season the past few years. And it's it's always amazing to me to see the amount of success for any school to have. So definitely the Cowboys, they've been keeping it up, and they will battle Taylor tonight. Madeira 44, Deer Park 0. Indian Hill 60, Taylor 6, and Marymont 25, running 20. To the Greater Miami Conference we go. I had the call of Princeton hosting Middletown. And what start off as an absolute dogfight on the turf. Princeton wins it 56-24. Lakota West had their game at Oak Hills postponed thanks to COVID-19. It is on Oak Hills side, meaning the Highlanders won't get a game until the first week of the playoffs. And spoilers, they're at Princeton next week to start postseason play. Coleraine 21, Sycamore 7, Lakota East. They win two in a row by knocking off Fairfield 23 20. 
and Hamilton 12, Mason 7. For the Big Blue, that's their first win over Mason in 10 years. And also it gives the Comets their first conference loss. So for the GMC crown, if Mason can knock off Lakota West at Lakota West, then if Princeton takes care of business at Fairfield tonight, that's the first GMC crown for Princeton since 2003. And then Mason Lakota West would get parts of it as well. So very interesting to see, you know, the GMC race heading to week six. I can't believe it's already the end of the regular season, but definitely enjoying the ride. Now to the Eastern Cincinnati Conference, Loveland's game, what we talked about later. But Turpin defeats Lebanon 40-29. to The Spartans are undefeated in ECC play, and they'll take on Winton Woods tonight, as the Warriors are also 5-0 by knocking down Anderson 48-13. Now, Winton Woods is 4-0 in league play. Their first game against Kings was Wiped down week one. They took on Edgewood in a non-conference tilt. But definitely looking forward to seeing the Warriors and Spartans play. Also, Milford down 20-7 to at the half at Little Miami. They roar back and score a 55 on the scoreboard to knock off Little Miami 55-26. To the Southern Buckeye Athletic and Academic Conference as Bethel Tate defeats Williamsburg 35-7. Clinton Massey defeats New Richmond 49-41 in a game where the Falcons played earlier that week on a Monday against Batavia. They take down the previously undefeated Lions by 8. Western Brown, 40. Wilmington, 34. East Clinton, 34. Claremont Northeastern, 20. Blanchester, 50. Fayetteville, 14. And a Saturday afternoon contest. Goshen, 44. Batavia, 0. To the Southwest Ohio Conference, we have a winner for the SWAC title, and it's Ross with their first ever conference title by rolling over Edgewood 63-35. Mount Healthy shuts out Talawanda 34-0 after starting the season 2-0. The Brave have now lost their last three, and Northwest 24, Harrison 12. To the Miami Valley Conference we go as Roger Bacon stays perfect. They roll over Cincinnati College Prep 62-24. Summit Country Day takes care of Parcel Marion 27-12. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy wins big over Norwood 56-19. New Miami 35, Cincinnati Country Day 10. St. Bernard 37, Miami Valley Christian 0. And North College Hill edges out Lachlan 28-25. We'll move up to Central Ohio. And the Columbus area. This week I had to go through, what was it, three sources to find scores. As my normal source for Columbus area scores, AM 820. Their scoreboard only had a few games for Friday. Which, um, not entirely sure why that was. But sometimes you gotta roll with the punches. We'll start off with Granville winning big over Johnstown Monroe, 42-10. It's Fisher Catholic 37, Bishop Rosecrans 0, Whetstone 12, Mifflin 6, Hamilton Township have rolled off five in a row by defeating Newark 35-13, Beechcroft 34, East 24, Logan Elm 48, Logan 21, Caldwell 18, Burn Union 13, Westerville North 20, Big Walnut 17, 
Bishop Hartley, 42. Bishop Watterson, 32. Marysville shuts out Olentangy Berlin, 28-0. Columbus Academy wins over Liberty Union, 41-15. Reynoldsburg, 34. Central Crossing, 10. Saturday affairs for the following contest. Northland defeats Centennial, 20-6. Lyndon McKinley, 14. Kip Columbus, 8. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what Kip was. Uh, South 64, West 0, and Marion Franklin 34, Independence 22. Back to Friday Night Affair, St. Francis de Sales rolls over St. Charles 48-7. Pickerington Central 35, Lancaster 0. Licking Valley 57, Lakewood 12. Licking Heights 24, Newark Catholic 14. Zanesville 27, Heath 0. Watkins Memorial 49, Utica 13. Westerville South, 42. Canal Winchester, 17. Worthington Kilbourne, 46. Franklin Heights, 26. Hilliard Darby, 35. Thomas Worthington, 14. Olentangy Liberty, 45. Hilliard Davidson, 7. Dublin Kaufman, 24. Upper Arlington, 14. Olentangy Orange, 37. Hilliard Bradley, 34. Pickerington North, 56. New Albany, 21. Gahanna Lincoln, 41. Grove City, 0. Westerville Central, 56, Westland, 7, Dublin Jerome, 27, Olentangy, 16, Groveport at Newark was canceled thanks to COVID, Worthington Christian, 31, Fairfield Christian, 0, Harvest Prep, 46, Bexley, 20, Buckeye Valley, they snap a 35-game losing streak to Grandview Heights, 50-7, Bloom Carroll, 36, Fairfield Union, 7, Sarkerville was supposed to be a Taze Valley, but that got canceled. And Taze Valley ended up hosting Kings. More on that score in a little bit. Also, Amanda Clear Creek was supposed to be a Hamilton Township, but that got canceled as well. East Knox, 56. Mount Gillette, 7. Centerburg, 35. Cardington, 6. Danville, 29. Highland, 6. Northmore, 34. Fredericktown, 13. Mount Vernon, 30. Madison Comprehensive, 26. River Valley, 41. Marion Harding, 7. Grove City Christian, 13. Miller, 6. Shenandoah, 44. Northridge, 19. And Clear Fork, 35. Marion Pleasant, 14. Now to the non-conference tilts as Troy Christian defeats Dayton Christian, 28-7. Elder rolls over Walnut Hills, 35-7. I think I mentioned Elder was supposed to take on Indianapolis Cathedral. I'm sorry, that's this week, or tonight, rather. LaSalle took on Indianapolis Cathedral, and the Lancers fell short, 37-28. Kings, 41. Taze Valley, 10. And Loveland snaps a long losing streak to Holmes in Kentucky, 48-14. I believe they were supposed to take on West Claremont, but they are out until next week, I believe. Now we move on to the Hoosier State. With Richmond picking up their first win of the year over Logansport, 30-24, on homecoming night for the Red Devils. Onwards to the Tri-Eastern Conference as Centerville rolls over Northeastern, 63-14. Knightstown, 28. Lincoln, 20. Be nice if my computer cooperate with me today. Union City, 9. And Union County, 7. Try 26, Winchester 0, and Shenandoah 34, Hagerstown 14. 
to the Eastern Indiana Athletic Conference. A Saturday afternoon win for East Central. They knock off South Dearborn 30 to nothing. Lawrenceburg 48, Batesville 13, Jennings counting 21, Connorsville 18, Bluffton 33, Greensburg 30, North Decatur 48, Rushville 0, and Franklin County still out with the COVID. To the Mid-Indiana Football Conference as Park Tudor, that school in Indianapolis, if you follow Wright State Hoops, you know, now I forget his name, Ed Schilling. That's where I coached for a little bit before getting back in the collegiate side of things. Park Tudor knocks off Oldenburg Academy 40-6. Milan shuts out Edinburgh 62-0. South Decatur 12, Springs Valley 6. Second matchup of the season between these two schools. And Switzerland County defeats Rock Creek for the second time 27-6. And also I mentioned North Decatur shutting out Rushville 48-0. And that takes us to Northern Kentucky. A lot of counties in this week's readings for week two, no, week three scores, I'm sorry. But we start off with Connor shutting out Boone County, 40 to nothing. Dayton, Kentucky shutting out Bracken County, make it winning over Bracken County, 30 to eight. Newport Catholic Central defeats Newport, 17 to 14. Nicholas County defeats Ludlow, 38 16. Rowan County defeats Scott 53-30, Mason County 47, Pendleton County 14, Rossert 35, Holy Cross 7, Johnson Central 47, Simon Kenton 17, Walton Verona rolls over Gallatin County 34-8, Covington Catholic continues to roll, they shut out Cooper 47-0, it's Beechwood 35, Ryle 14, Dixie Heights picks up their first win of the year by taking down Mass and Central 26-14. Lloyd 54, Bellevue 0, Boyle County 46, Highland 7, and Oldham County. That's a name from the past. I'm talking about when I broadcast the Kentucky High School Hockey Tournament. Oldham County takes down Campbell County 17-14. A college score for you as Cincinnati takes down Army West Point 24 to 10 and NFL scores we'll talk a little bit more on the Bengals tie with the Eagles 23-23 second time in this millennium that the two teams have tied you have to go back to 2008 when the Bengals tied with Eagles 13-13 Browns took down the Washington Football Club 34-20 Colts defeat the New York Jets 36-7 and the Steelers 28 the Texans 21 to wrap up this episodes football scores and we'll step aside and take a drink of water and we'll talk about the high school football playoffs starting next week in Ohio and plus the Reds in the playoffs and that Bengals tie this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton sports the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast we'll be back in just a moment Hey listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now, what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to Redbubble. Do you like stickers? Sure you do. What about phone cases, travel mugs, pins, drawstring bags, and even wall clocks? You need to check out Redbubble.com. I myself have purchased stickers and a phone case from Redbubble, and they are great quality. What better way to show your support for this podcast by rocking a sticker on your laptop 
or rock in a brand new case with the podcast logo. There's a lot more to choose from at the Redbubble shop, such as greening cards, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, zipper pouches, backpacks, water bottles, and even phone and iPad cases. You can search for the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast on redbubble.com or find the direct shop link at cindaypod.com. Redbubble! Hey listeners, thank you for being supporters of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Now what if you wanted to show your support with merchandise? Well, that's possible thanks to TeePublic. You have a wonderful selection to choose from, like t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies, baseball shirts, masks for the coronavirus pandemic, and even household goods. Not only does TeePublic sell clothes with the podcast logos on them, but they also sell stickers, phone cases, pins, magnets, notebooks, and more. Plus, TeePublic also holds sales constantly with $13 t-shirts and all of our items up to 35% off. What are you waiting for? Visit SindayPod.com to find the direct link or search for the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast at TeePublic.com. A portion of each sale helps out the podcaster and you spread the word of this podcast. TeePublic. Well, that was a nice drink of water, and now it's time to talk about the 2020 Ohio High School football playoffs. And, of course, we'll read through all the local schools and where they're going to be playing. And we'll start off with Division One. and if you don't know about Ohio High School sports, Division One means you got the biggest schools. And I read somewhere, I think it was the Inquirer? Not entirely sure. That Division One has the least amount of schools, which I never would have guessed, but I guess that makes sense just because if you think about Division One schools are in your big cities or suburbs and, you know, most of Ohio is not big cities and suburbs. Granted, there's a lot of big cities, well, big cities. I mean, there's a lot of, no, I'm not taking that back. There's a lot of big cities there. So I will mention that for Divisions 1, 2, 3, and 7, playoffs are Fridays at 7. For 4, 5, and 6 divisions, it's going to be Saturdays at 7. So with that out of the way, let's take a look at, I think it's Region 2. Might be Region 3. It's where the Dayton schools... No, it's Region 2. Well, I guess right the first time. Go me. For Division 2, it's Dayton schools mixed in with Columbus schools. Region 4 of Division 1 is all Cincinnati schools. So we'll start off with Region 2, Division 1. And Dublin Kaufman's got the number one seed. They will host number 16, Beaver Creek, next week. Springboro, the eighth seed, will host Finley, the ninth seed. Reminds me of that hockey broadcast I did early in 2020. <laughs> when I thought everything was going to go well this year. And then the coronavirus hit. And, yeah. But, yeah, Springboro hosts Finley. Olentangy Liberty, the fourth seed, will host Miamisburg, the 13th seed. Perrysburg, the number five seed, will host Kettering Fairmont. I sure to think that's Toledo area. I sure to think how long that trip is. The one time we made it to Toledo for Centerville Elks hockey, it took about three hours. So, Northmont, the number two seed, will host number 15, Middletown. That should be a pretty fun contest. Marysville, the seventh seed, will host number 10, Dublin, Jerome. 
Number three, Springfield gets Toledo Whitmer in Clark County. And number six, Wayne gets number 11, Centerville at Wayne. I'm trying to think, did Centerville win that or did Wayne come back and win that? It's only been a couple weeks. I could go back and listen to that podcast episode. But, hey, another helping of probably the greatest rivalry in Dayton. What more can you expect out of that? So, how it works in the brackets after you win your first round, whoever's the higher seed gets to host that next game. And then you get to state semis on Friday, November 6th. Again, all these games will be Fridays at 7 for Division 1. Just curious, going to take a quick peek at Region 3, because normally I thought that's where the Dayton schools were. Matched them with the Columbus schools. And it looks like it's just Columbus schools, so never mind that. You know what? We do Columbus football scores. There's no reason why we can't do brackets for Columbus schools. So Pickerington Central's got the number one overall seed, and they will host Grove City, the 16th seed. Gahanna Lincoln will host Hilliard Darby. Groveport Masson gets Hilliard Bradley at home. Reynoldsburg will host Lancaster. Pickerington North, the number two seed, gets Hilliard Davidson. Westerville North will host New Albany. And Westerville Central gets Central Crossing. And Olentangy Orange, the sixth seed, gets Upper Arlington. Man, that last one sounds like a good hockey battle, but hey, this is football season. Not quite hockey season yet. Now for Region 4. I already had it open. Why did I open it again? I don't know. Lakota West has the overall number one seed, and rightfully so. I mean, they've only given up 20 points the whole year. Yes, it's unfortunate they didn't find an opponent last week, but still. It's a very good Firebird squad, and they'll get West Claremont, who will be coming off a two-week COVID suspension. Lakota East has the number eight seed. They'll get Sycamore in town. Mason will host Lebanon. Coleraine has Milford flying in in the Battle of the Birds. Princeton, this is the game I will be broadcasting next week. They're the number two seed, and they will have number 15, Oak Hills, who's also going to be coming off the COVID suspension next week. And what's nice about this is for Princeton, if they win throughout their next away game, won't be until the 30th if Lakota West wins out. Now, if Lakota West is upset any time before that game, then you know Princeton should host it. But then again, that's a few games away. But Princeton has Oak Hills. Elder will host Fairfield. St. X will get Walnut Hills closing in. And Hamilton will get to host Moeller. This is very special for Hamilton because according to the AD, it'll be the first time ever in school history that Hamilton is hosting a playoff game. And they'll get Moeller. And what's special about that line is, if you remember my broadcast from week one against the Big Blue in Hamilton, Malik Verdon is a Moeller transfer. In fact, last year he helped the boys basketball team for the Big Blue. And this year he's been a key cog in that football team. Very tall and he can play wide receiver. He can run it. He can be the quarterback. He's And he's also on defense too. He can do it all. So it'll be very interesting to see how that storyline turns out. And that takes care of playoff for Division 1. We are going to take a quick peek at Division 
to Region 6 to make sure there's no Dayton schools. And no, this is all Cleveland area. By the way, in case you are interested in watching, or watching, looking at the brackets yourself, find your local sports media guy or visit OHSAA.org. I got a lot of information from Mike Dyer of WCPO. And also, I believe I retweeted Shelby Dermer of The Inquirer, a previous guest. Go back and listen to that episode. That was a very good one. So let's check out Division Two, Region 7 with my own eyes. And these are Columbus schools, so we can stay here. Massillon Perry is your number one seed, and they have a first round bye. Now, for Division One, it was all nice and even because you had 16 teams. You could match everyone, and no one got a bye. For the remaining divisions, yeah, you have odd number of schools. In fact, in Division Two, Region Eight, I remember 25 schools. So keep that in mind. So Mount Vernon, the 16th seed, gets number 17 Canal Winchester. Winner of that takes on number one Massillon Perry. Dublin Scioto, Scioto rather, the number eight seed gets Columbus Mifflin, and Big Walnut will get to host Logan to the bottom. Olin Tangy has a first round bye along with Green, the four and five seeds. Olin Tangy will get the winner of Licking Heights. The 13th seed against the 20th seed Whetstone. And the 12th seed Worthington Kilbourne Wolves gets Marion Harding in the battle of 12 and 21 to take on Green, the number 5 seed. Maslin Washington's got the number 2 seed. They also have a first round bye. And they'll take on the winner of Walnut Ridge and Independence, your 15 18 battle there. Uniontown Lake versus St. Charles, 10 versus 23, will get number 7 North Canton Hoover next. Or two weeks from now. I keep thinking that uh, this week's the playoffs, but now it's week six. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Westerfield South also has a bye. It's the three seed. They'll take on the winner of Watkins Memorial or Northland. Wooster's got a six seed and a first round bye. They'll take on either number 11, Olin Tangy Berlin, or number 22, Whitehall Yearling. Now we move on to Division Two, Region 8. This is your Cincinnati area. And some Dayton area schools as well. Witten Woods has a first round bye, rightfully so, as the number one seed. And they'll take on either 17 Xenia or number 16 Tecumseh. Edgewood's got the eighth seed. They'll take on Columbus West. So this Division 2 Region 8 kind of spans pretty far out. I mentioned Cincinnati Dayton. Now there's a Columbus team mixed in. Speaking of Columbus team, there's Franklin Heights, the 24th seed. They'll take on number 9, Troy, in Troy. Kings Mills Kings has a bye as the 4th seed. They'll take on the winner of Oxford, Talawanda, or Dayton, Belmont, 13 versus 20 at Talawanda. Turpin is the 5th seed, and they will take on either Fairborn or Withrow. And that's 12 versus 21. Fairborn has the 12. LaSalle Lancers have a first-round bye as the number two seed, and they'll take on either Little Miami, the 15th seed, or Loveland, the 18th seed. Little Miami won this battle with Loveland earlier last week, so we'll see if the Tigers can get a little revenge on the Little Miami Panthers. Sydney, the 10th seed, gets number 23, West Carrollton, and the winner of that gets number seven, Stebbins. Stebbins has a bye as the 7th seed. Pequa's got a first-round bye as the three-seed. They'll take on either 
Number 14, Harrison, or number 19, Lima Sr. And Tays Valley, the 11th seat, takes on Briggs. And the winner of that heads down to Cincinnati, take on the Anderson Redskins as the 6th seed. Time for Division 3. We'll check out Region 11. This is the region that Bellbrook was in last year, which is mostly Columbus, but some Dayton. And speaking of Dayton, here's Wilmington, the 16th seed. They'll get Marietta. Man, that sounds like an Ohio Athletic Conference paddle. But I tell you, it's high school as the Hurricane will take on Marietta in Wilmington. And the winner of that gets number one, St. Francis de Sales. At St. Francis de Sales. A first round bye for both Granville and Eastmore Academy, 8 and 9. They'll play in Granville after having the week off. And Jonathan Alder, the number 4 seed, they have a first round bye. They'll take on either Zanesville or Buckeye Valley, your 13-20 battle there. The London Red Raiders also have a first round bye in Division 3 Region 11. And the Red Raiders either get Chillicothe or Miami Trace, 12 versus 21. Bishop Hartley's got a first-round bye as the number two seed. And waiting for the Hawks will either be Western Brown or the Plains Athens. Which I always thought the high school was called the Plains, not Athens, but there you go. And yes, that's Joe Burrow's high school. And yes, if I haven't mentioned it on this podcast yet, Joe Burrow already has his name on that football field. That's pretty cool. Jackson's got a first-round bye as the seventh seed. And waiting for Jackson will be Tri-Valley or Centennial. Thornville Sheridan, the number three seed. You might remember them last year for knocking off Bellbrook after the Golden Eagles. They went 10-0 last year, didn't they? That sounds right. Sheridan will either get Columbus South or Bell Fountain in the battle of 14 and 19. Bishop Watterson's got that last bye. In Division 3, Region 11, and it'll either be 11th Hamilton Township or number 22 Beechcroft. So that's Division 3, Region 12, uh, 11. This is Region 12 coming up. And Bellbrook has the overall number one seat, so they moved down a region. wonder where that is. Anyway, Bellbrook is the number one seat in. Division 3, Region 12, and waiting the Golden Eagles will either be the Eagles of Chamna Julien or the Knights of Northwest, and that'll be played at Roger Glass Stadium next week. St. Mary's Memorial's got the 8th seed. They'll take on Greenville at the 25th seed. Franklin and the Wildcats will host Vandalia Butler in the Battle 9 versus 24. I should try to clarify in case I mumbled a little bit. It's Greenville, the 25th seed, against St. Mary's. I thought I said Greenville, but I am, you know. There we go. New Richmond, the number four seed. They have a first-round bye, and they'll either take on Hughes or Goshen. Like I mentioned, for Hughes, their first-ever trip to the playoffs. And this will be played at Hughes, possibly at Stargill Stadium, maybe at another field, part of the Cincinnati Public Schools family. But Hughes will get a home playoff game. Hamilton Ross has the number five seed, the Southwest Ohio Conference regular season champs. They'll take on either Elida or Monroe. Elida's got the 12th seed. Monroe will be visiting Elida as the 21st seed. 
Hamilton Baden has the number two seed. Wonderful season for the Rams. And they'll either get number 15, Lima Shawnee, or number 18, Wapakoneta. It's been a rough year for Wapakoneta. I forget what week that was where they had 11 starters out with the COVID. But yeah, Lima Shawnee will host Wapakoneta next week. Tippecanoe, the number seven seed, gets number 26, Ponitz. Mount Healthy, the number 10 seed, will host Bishop Fenwick, the 23rd seed. Drama Masson gets a first-round buy as the three-seed, and they'll take on either Salina or Carroll. Carroll will be visiting Salina. And Dunbar, the 11th seed, will take on number 22, Aiken, the Battle of Cincinnati and Dayton, and the winner gets number 6, Kettering Archbishop Alter. That closes out Division 3. I want to say most local schools in Division 4 are in Region 16. That's always a fun division to talk about. Well, I'm looking at Region 15 to make sure I'm not making a fool of myself. There are a couple schools that we do cover. A lot of these aren't local. By local, I mean Columbus area, but why not? We'll talk about the one. St. Clairsville has the number one seed in Division 4, Region 15. By the way, they get Riverview or Sparta Highland. Circleville. The Tigers having a tough year. They'll take on John Glenn at Marysville. It says Maysville High School. So, is there a Maysville? Is that just mistyped as Marysville? I'm not sure. You can always see the site and contact info. In Zanesville. So, and Marysville is its own thing. So, they'll play at the MAC. That's a cool stadium name. So, Circleville gets John Glenn, and the winner of that gets the winner of. Warren and Columbus East. I saw Logan Elm a little bit lower in this bracket. We'll skip it around a little bit. Maysville. Okay, so Maysville is a school in Zanesville. I apologize. They'll take on Duncan Falls Philo. And they're part of the Ohio Football Helmet Contest a while back. And the winner of that gets Byesville Meadowbrook waiting for him. Logan Elm was... Further down, they have a first-round game at Logan Elm against Lakewood, about 15 and 18. Winner of that takes on number two, Licking Valley. Fairfield Union has Heath at Heath, and Lyndon McKinley's the 23rd seed. They'll be at Cambridge, the 10th seed. And Bloom Carroll's got a first-round bye, as is Marion Franklin, three and six. Bloom Carroll will take on Indian Valley or Indian Creek. For Indian Valley, they're from Nodhutton. Nodhutton? I think that's how you say that. And Indian Creek's from Wintersville. What are those two cities in Ohio? I don't know. And Carrollton, the 11th seed, will take on Bexley. And then that will be who Marion Franklin takes on at Marion Franklin. Carrollton's pretty far out. It's, you know, I mean, technically, yes, it's... uh. You know, east of West Carrollton, but there you go. So now we talk about Division Four, Region 16, and Clinton Massey's got the number one seed overall. The Falcons will either take on number 16, Washington, out of Washington Courthouse, or number 17, Thurgood Marshall, out of Dayton. Waynesville's got a bias, the number eight seed. They'll take on either number nine, Bethel Tate, or number 24, Urbana. Waverly's got the fourth seed in the first round bye 
as they'll await Norwood, the 13th seed, or Schroeder, the 20th seed. Unito, number 12, gets number 21, Hillsboro. And the winner of that game gets number 5, McNicholas in Cincinnati. Indian Hills got a bye as the number 2 seed. And they'll either get Oakwood, the 15th seed, or Batavia, the 18th seed. And Valley View's got a first round bye. The Spartans are the number 7 seed. And they'll take on either Milton Union, the 10th seed, or Greenfield McLean, the 23rd seed. And yes, that would set up another matchup of Valley View and Milton Union, which Valley View won quite heavily just last week. And Wyoming, they have the three seed and a first round bye. And the Cowboys will either get Taylor for the second game in a row or Northwestern, a battle of 14 and 19. Taylor will get to host the Warriors. And Graham, as the sixth seed, gets a first round bye. They'll either get number 11, Eaton, or number 22, Northridge. And that takes care of Division 4, Region 16. I went to Valley View, and yeah, that's a pretty hectic region, and Valley View seemed to do quite well in that. Onwards to Division 5. Remember, we're getting into Saturday games for Division 4. That's Saturday games. Division 5 and 6 have Saturday games. Once we get to Division 7, we're back to Friday games. Sorry for not mentioning that earlier, but here is Region 20. And Roger Bacon has a first-round bye as the top seed. And they'll either get Summit Country Day again as the 16th seed or Carlisle, the 17th seed. Greenan's got a bye as the 8th seed. And they'll take on either Taft or Meadowdale. Versailles has a bye. They'll take on Preble Shawnee or Claremont Northeastern. Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, the 5 seed, gets either Madeira or Bethel in the battle of 12 and 21. Bethel's got to make the trip to Madeira. Blanchester, the number 2 seed, gets either Mass and Plains or East Clinton, the battle of 15 and 18. Mass and Plains will host the Astros. Milltown Masson, the 10th seed, gets number 23, Finneytown. And the winner of that moves on to take on number 7, Springfield Shawnee. Brookville's got the 3 seed and a first round bye. And the Blue Devils await North College Hill or Purcell Marion. West Liberty Salem's got the last bye in this division. And the Tigers, the 6th seed, will take on either Marymont or Redding. It's weird to think that Brookville's in Division 5 and Valley View's in Division 4. Just because Brookville, it's that one village. I mean, hey, they have their own McDonald's. Sorry, I don't know why I felt the need to quote uh, Richie Rich there, but I don't know. I could be totally wrong on that. I mean, Valley View does cover Farmersville and Germantown. So, that might be why. How about Division 6, Region 24? For my hometown, Twin Valley South Panthers, this will be just the second time ever in school history. They will, they will make the playoffs. And we'll start off with that, actually, because I can. It's my podcast, after all. Twin Valley South. Oh, I know who they're playing. I just need to find them. Aren't they in Division 6, or did they get bumped down in Division 7? Because they're not in this one. Joy, I made myself a fool. I'm sorry. But we'll stick with a Preble County team. That'll be National Trail on the Blazers, the 16th seed. They'll host Triad as the 17th seed. And the winner of that game gets the Coldwater Cavaliers. 5-0, and number one seed. Yeah, Coldwater's good. Love reading that story. I shared on social media a while back how Coldwater was the Yellow Jackets to start off with, and then they became the Cavaliers. 
which is interesting to me. Also like the town name Coldwater as well. Fort Recovery and Fairbanks get first round buys, and the eight and nine will battle after week seven at Fort Recovery. West Jefferson has a buy as the number four seed, and awaiting the Rough Riders will either be number thirteen Anna or number twenty Miami East. Covington's got a buy as the five seed. Arcanum or Dixie will be their opponent. Mechanicsburg has a buy as the number two seed, and they'll either get Deer Park or Northeastern. And another first round buy as Greenview will visit Paint Valley out of Bainbridge. A battle of seven and ten. Winner of that gets the winner of Mechanicsburg slash Deer Park Northeastern. Another first round buy. It's Frankfurt Adena, the three seed. Awaiting them will be Parkway or St. Bernard Elmwood Place. And that'll be taking place <laughs> in Cincinnati. Uh, technically, St. Bernard, it's its own uh, corporation, incorporation. So Parkway will be at St. Bernard. Minster, the 11th seed, will take on Delphos Jefferson, the 22nd seed. And then they'll move on to take on number six, Allen East. And now we cover Division 7, Region 28. Load that beautiful bracket. And look down. Yeah, Twin Valley South got bumped down to Division 7. I did not remember that. So, my hometown Twin Valley South Panthers are in the playoffs for the second time ever. And they'll take on another team that's in the playoffs for the second time ever in Cincinnati College Prep. Cincinnati College Prep's got the 13th seed. Twin Valley South has the 20th seed. And this will be at the Cincinnati College Preparatory Academy. Winner of the Lions and Panthers gets number four, Tri-Village. Sticking with the bottom of the bracket, uh, Riverside, DeGraff Riverside's got the five seed. And they'll take on either Lachlan or Manchester. About 12 and 21, Lachlan hosting. Troy Christian will host Ridgemont out of Mount Victory. Battle of 15 and 18. Winner takes on number two, Fort Loramie. Who did get the number one seed? Marion Local. I was going to say, why is Fort Loramie the number two seed? And it's like, oh yeah, Marion Local. So Fort Loramie's got the first round bye. They'll take on either Troy Christian or Ridgemont. And Sonia and Troy County North get first round buys. And Sonia will host the Panthers of TCM. New Bremen's got a buy as the number three seed. And awaiting for... The Cardinals will either be Layman Catholic or Southeastern out of South Charleston. St. Henry and Grove City Christian also get first-round buys as the Redskins will host GCC in the second week of the playoffs. Moving back up the bracket because I did skip a little bit. Actually, a little bit. Just one first-round part of this bracket. It'll be Cedarville hosting Mississinawa Valley. The Indians will host the Blackhawks. The winner of that game, they'll get Marion Local. And I mentioned how successful Coldwater's been. Yeah, I don't need to tell you that Marion Local has just been as successful as the Cavaliers. I tell you, summing up North and, and the Upper Valley, it's just how football and small schools are just so dominant. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And there is one more matchup I missed. It will be number eight, New Miami, hosting number nine, Fayetteville Perry. And the winner of that game gets either Marion Local or the winner of Cedarville, Mississippi Valley. So I believe that's covering all the local schools 
and that I'll take a quick peek, but yeah, you might not be happy of the fact that all schools get in for the first time ever in Ohio since the computer point system was initiated back in, what was it, 1972? But for me, I I kind of like it. I mean, yeah, you can say you don't have anything to play for anymore. I mean, you might have a solid point. But at the same time, I mean, it, it's kind of a reward saying, hey, we have football, let's celebrate it. So, I don't know. Next year is when the playoffs are supposed to expand. Of course, it was supposed to be this year. So now it's every 12 schools in each region of the divisions get into the playoffs, which I like that. I mean, a little more playoffs and a little more fun. So, yeah, that's the playoffs. Again, ohsaa.org or find your sports media personnel personnel personality you really like so looking at the article from cincinnati this is from scott springer there's also a video attached to it trying to find that point where it said hughes will be the will be in the playoffs for the first time ever and just talking about the matchups that uh, i covered earlier on making sure could be Ross and New Richmond if both teams prevail. So that would be a pretty fun pretty fun matchup. Although there's a picture of New Richmond's uh, football jerseys, the black ones, and it's black numbers, red trim, black jerseys. Again, why does it need to take until 2023 for that rule to take into effect where you can't do that on jerseys? I don't know. I mean, as a broadcaster, I do have to, you know, Kind of see who's playing. So, so in case you are wondering if Wyoming and Indian Hill will play in the playoffs, well, you're going to have to wait a while, and you're going to have to hope that all your chickens hatch, or whatever that saying is. It won't be until Halloween night if Indian Hill and Wyoming would play. I mean, I'm really interested in seeing it. Lately, Wyoming's offense has been kicking up a notch. Bam. But Indian Hill, I mean, they've been rolling throughout this whole season. So that'll be a fun one to see how the Cowboys' defense works against Indian Hill's offense. There's not really any more storylines that I see that I haven't covered. So that's your high school playoffs, and that won't be until next week. I have the call of Princeton at Fairfield later tonight so definitely join me for that it is the same price as a ticket into the game and you can even save a dollar with the code at the purchase screen so hopefully you will consider watching that game so now let's talk about the reds and the Bengals to close up episode 183 it's been uh it's been a different episode I do feel slightly better on talking about it. Like I said, it's just, it's a little frustrating. You do this podcast and you try to be professional and it's just, you know, it's just, eh. but that's certainly not meant to badmouth anyone. I'm just saying, where's the local sports in our local sports stations? So, the Reds got into the playoffs for the first time since 2013, thanks to that series win in Minnesota. 
but the Reds' offense must have stayed put in Minneapolis as the Reds were shut out twice by the Atlanta Braves. First game, I mean, there's not a lot you can fault. I mean, Trevor Bauer went seven and two-thirds to shut out baseball. The loss was pinned on Archie Bradley, his first, and Minter picked up the win for the Braves. Reds got 11 hits on the day and seemed like they were taking care of Matt's freed quite well. But, hey, when you don't score runs, you can't win games. So one nothing Braves in 13 innings, and then yesterday afternoon, the Braves finished the job by taking down the Reds 5 nothing. Most of those runs happened against the Reds' bullpen, but Luis Castillo does suffer the loss, and that knocks the Reds out of the playoffs. You know, I feel like I should be more disappointed in how that turned out and I, I am slightly disappointed how this season turned out because I thought, you know, the Reds aren't going to sneak on in. They're going to actually kick butt. But, you know, the Reds team that we saw towards the stretch getting to the playoffs, I think that's the team we all counted on. But for what reason why that didn't happen, you know, it is what it is, I guess. By the way, Ian Anderson, who... Held the Reds scoreless. He picked up the playoff win. He went six innings. All he gave up the two hits. Walked two, struck out nine. Castillo struck out seven, walked one, gave up an earned run on six hits. Most of the runs were against, all the runs, were against Rysel Iglesias, who went a third of an inning, gave up three earned runs, four total, two hits. Walked two, struck out one. Oof. So now it's off-season time in Cincinnati. What do you do? Well, from what I've seen on Twitter, there's a lot of people that don't want Alan Zinter to be the hitting coach, and they shared stats. What was it? The Reds hit 212 this year? And with the offense that the Reds signed in the off-season, Castellanos, Moose, uh, and Shogo Akiyama, I mean... Yeah, uh, I don't know why 212 happened, you know? It was a shame to see that the hitting wasn't kicking. I mean, pitching staff, Derek Johnson, again, great coach. And definitely want to keep him aboard because I think, you know, starters have been dynamite. Bullpen got better as the year went on, but uh, yeah. I will tell you that the Reds weren't the only team in the NL Central to be swept. Milwaukee had the tough battle against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and L.A. won both those games. St. Louis currently tied with San Diego 1-1, so they forced Game 3. And Chicago hosting Miami. Marlins have the first game. Supposed to play yesterday, but uh, they called it off because of uh, weather coming in, which... uh, yeah, I'm hoping we have good weather for tonight's football game. But we'll see. It's nice to see uh, Adam Duvall hit that home run. I mean, yeah, it was against the Reds, but I always liked Adam Duvall. So it's nice to see him have a little bit of success with the Reds. I mean, Braves, sorry. And just two hits. Eugenio Suarez had one of them, and Freddie Galvis had the other one. Someone also asked on Twitter what the biggest hole is in the Reds. 
between shortstop and catcher. I think I voted shortstop, but I can also see catcher too. Although I think we have the catcher of the future in Tyler Stevenson, and I think next year will be his year to break out in Cincinnati for real. But we'll see. I mean, we still have Kirk Casale and Tucker Barnhart, and I don't know. This offseason is going to be interesting. I say improve the bullpen has to be uh, has to be the first priority. You can make an argument, maybe even upgrade the offense a little more, but I still don't know why we let Jose Iglesias walk. He was a great batter last year, but what can you do? So yeah, that ends the season for the Reds, and they become the first team ever in MLB history to not score a run in playoff history. Crazy thinking, then. I know it is, but uh, now it's time to talk about the Bengals, and then we'll sign off for the week. Another tie. You kidding me? You know, I I was feeling optimistic. I was helping my fiance run uh, meows in the Dayton Mall. I help volunteer when she needs me to. And uh, by the way, if you're looking to adopt a cat, go there. You know, and say that you know Lee sent you. Because that totally matters. But yeah, I was uh, following along on updates and it looked like Cincinnati is going to pick up the first win. And nope, Philadelphia tied it up late in the fourth. And then overtime happened. You know, I was following along with the stats and uh, <laughs> how Philadelphia didn't win an OT is a miracle in my book. And yeah, I know. Who wants to tie in football? Answer uh, the people that you know play you know football in Europe. I mean, they don't want a tie either, but you know what I mean. It's more acceptable for a tie, whereas you know, people watching American football is like, why is there ties? I want to cover something in the stats, and it's about Joe Burrow. What was I concerned about? Oh yeah, him getting shredded by the offensive line, who is no more tougher than a sieve. Yeah, offensive line. It needs fixed. It needs it now. Let me tell you about the stats, if I can find it. Joe Burrow, 31 of 44, 312 yards, and two touchdowns. No picks. Quarterback ranking of 105.5, which is pretty good. Let me tell you about the rushing game, though. Mixon. It's just Mixon. Mixing that game? 49 yards, 17 rushes. You know, if the running game and the offensive line is going to help Burrow, I'm worried for him. Because last night in Thursday Night Football, well, actually there was no local teams that played, but Sam Darnold of the New York Jets got hit. I just saw that hit several times on Twitter. and I, I worry that Burrow's going to suffer a hit like that, and then bam, there's his career down the tubes. Or at least, you know, part of the season. I do worry about that. The offensive line is just... And I need to see if I can find the stat for sacks. Because I think... I think I remember this. If I'm wrong, I'll correct myself next week. But 8 sacks, 18 hits. That's unacceptable. you got to protect... Burrow, he's going to be the future of this team. How can you 
how can he have a future if the offensive line is just like a turnstile? I, I, I don't... I don't understand why there wasn't more emphasis on strengthening that offensive line. I don't get it. I honestly don't get that. And it makes me mad every time I see Burrow take a sack like that. There are a couple where he's roaming out of the pocket and, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that or throw it away. But I'm just talking about the offensive line. I think that's the biggest, you know, downfall of the Bengals. I mean, like I mentioned, I wasn't expecting Super Bowl year this year for Cincinnati, but I wasn't expecting 0-2-1 either. It's that offensive line. And you can make an argument about the defense, too. I mean, Cleveland last week, I mean, just shred. well, two weeks ago now, sorry, just shredded with a running game. I just think, you know, we have a great quarterback and we have a great running back and we have a pretty good air game. It's just, you know, I I hope for next year's draft we focus on the offensive line. I want to see it, you know, just bully the defense. I want to see an offensive line that can protect Burrow, that can get the running game going. I want to see that because, again, yeah, I know Philadelphia's got a pretty good defense, but 47 yards total running game just uh, unacceptable. Let's see. Can I see sacks on here? I don't think I can, but yeah. It's just that offensive line and just makes me angry to think that, you know, Burrow has already broken the record for yards by a rookie. So, what's it going to take to protect him? You know? So, that's just me. I mean, yeah, Ty, we didn't lose. Woo, no 0-16 team. But, at the same time, you know, we had that game in the bag and we blew it late. I know the Eagles fans on the other side from what I saw on Twitter, they're not happy about the tie either. Because you look at the head coach, Doug Peterson, he's, you know, he's revered as one of the more aggressive coaches in the NFL. And you don't really go for it, no T, when, you know, when everything's on the line, you punt with 17 seconds left. I don't know. It's just, uh, like I said, I'm happy that the Bengals came out without a loss, but at the same time, you know. So what's up next for Cincinnati and the Bengals? As the Reds are done with the season, FC Cincinnati, we should talk about FC Cincinnati and the crew, shouldn't we? Yeah, we will. It'll be the one and two Jaguars coming in to Cincinnati, and this will be the first game that fans are allowed back into Paul Brown Stadium, which is nice. I mean, I, I still worry about the coronavirus and, you know, and everything like that, but, you know, as we get back towards a little bit of the normal pace of the world, you know, maybe that'll help, you know, because like I said, uh, past few, past few months, I've been feeling really overwhelmed, and, you know, getting back to calling football does help, but at the same time, it's just, you know, it's been building up, and I had to rant, so, yeah, 
So the Bengals will be back at home. They'll take on the Jaguars. If you remember for the first home game, it was a tough loss that the Chargers came back and won. And speaking of the Chargers, have you been following a lot of that storyline where Tyrod Taylor was supposed to get painkillers, but yet the doctor punctured his lung? What's that about? That's malpractice if I ever heard of it. Ugh. Ugh. Just, I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor. Granted, I mean, they have the quarterback in the future in Justin Herbert, but still, if that takes away for a long chunk, or maybe even the rest of the season for Tyrod Taylor, I'd... I might go after that doctor with a lawsuit or something. Just because, have you really heard of that outside the Chargers? Where someone's getting painkillers and now they have a punctured lung? You're supposed to kill the pain, not give more pain. But I digress. Let's talk about MLS and the Eastern Division standings. It is true the Columbus crew fell for the second time this year to Toronto FC, but at the same time, Still top of the mountain for the Columbus crew. They have a 9-2-3 record, again, for soccer slash football. It's wins, losses, draws. Although it says ties on there, but we go with draws. It sounds fancier, I guess. So, the crew have 30 points, and they're two points better than the Philadelphia Union and Toronto FC. I mentioned for the final matches of the regular season, Columbus is on the road Nine of those 11, including a trip to Cincinnati. So, yeah, I mean, Caleb Porter's got himself a fantastic crew in Central Ohio. So we'll see if the crew can hold the top mountain. The closest competitors, two points away, Philadelphia Union, Toronto FC, four points away, Orlando City, and nine points away, New England, ten points away, New York City, and New York Red Bulls. It's funny that both New York teams have the same record and the same amount of points. The only thing that's really different, New York City FC has given up six less goals and scored three less, but have a better goal differential. It's funny when that happens. In case you're wondering about FC Cincinnati, well, they're in 12th place and two points away from the playoff spot against Chicago Fire. What's nice about FC Cincinnati's schedule is they have five home games in a row to close out the regular season Nippert Stadium era. What isn't so nice, a lot of those games include the top teams. Columbus, a road game at Philadelphia. I think Toronto FC's in the mix. So, yeah. I mean, like I said about FC Cincinnati, when they shut teams out, they look impressive, but when it rains goals, it pours. There's no in-between on that. The closest in-between of that is the 2-1 loss to New York City FC. But the majority of the losses that FC Cincinnati suffered, seven of those, uh, a lot of them have gone multi-goal against the Cincinnati team. To close off episode 183, there is some good news about the winter season as the Capital Hockey Conference has released the 2020-2021 schedule. Go to CapitalHockeyConference.com. 17 varsity teams. Very excited to see hockey return. And, yeah. I mean, now I should mention for the schedule that the CHC only lists conference games, so there might be more games on there. Visit your school's website and look at the schedule. They have that up. But, yeah, it's just nice to see 
The first game for the local teams will be November 21st as Moeller will host Upper Arlington at Northland, which is weird. It says Northlands. Everyone says Northlands, but it's Northland. That's what the arena says. That's what everything should say. And then the next day, Moeller will host St. Francis de Sales. For St. X, their first game is scheduled to be December 4th, and it's listed at Sports Plus in the Canada rink as the Bombers will host the Molo Crusaders, which normally this is the result that's at the Heritage Bank Center. I'm not sure if that's happening this year or not. And for Springboro, you have to do a little bit of digging as the Panthers' first conference game won't be until December 11th, and they'll be at the Dublin Chiller to take on Dublin Jerome. So definitely really looking forward to seeing hockey return, and it sounds like we will have a hockey season. So that'll do it. That's episode 183. Thank you for listening. And please do reach out to the folks that run the local sports stations in town. Let them know you want Lee W. Mallon on the radio waves and you want local sports back. And if you don't do that, at least tell people about this podcast. So that would do it. We'll talk to you again for episode 184 on the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. You can also find the Redbubble and Tee Public shops there too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at Sunday Pod and the Lead W Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W Mowen saying thank you again for listening, and we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time.